Welcome to the By Every Word Bible Study Podcast, where once a week we take some time to look at God's Word, examine it, and apply it to our daily walk with Him. May you please have your Bibles ready as we begin our study now. Welcome back to By Every Word. I'm so thankful for you joining us this week for a Bible study together, having this time set aside to learn from God's Word and to use that Word to make us better people and better Christians living for God. This week, we're going to take a break from our study of Ephesians, and we're going to look at something that I recently talked about in my teen class and something that really has stuck with me. It's also one of my favorite Bible stories when I was growing up, and that story is about Naaman. And now, when we look at the account of Naaman, we realize that he was a commander, and he was a commander of the army of Syria. And while we look at this story, we can see the parallel between what God did to cleanse Naaman and even how God chooses to offer us a gift of salvation today. The first thing about Naaman is that he is not an ordinary leader in this Bible story. In fact, Naaman has leprosy. And leprosy is a terrible disease, which thankfully today we do have a cure for. But at the time of this biblical account, there was no cure for leprosy. It was pretty much a death sentence. As we continue throughout this story, we start to see these ideas presented that Naaman was very prideful about who he was and the position that he held. And this idea that this great commander of the army of Syria would be stricken with this disease in which there was no cure, he couldn't really come to terms with. He had to find some way to rid himself of this disease that was changing his life forever. And the account we get of Naaman is from the book of 2 Kings, chapter 5, verses 1 through 14. And in those verses, we see first off that he had a servant girl, and the servant girl noticed how much pain he was in. And she noticed that Naaman needed somebody to cure him. And this servant girl, being Hebrew, thought about the prophet of God who was doing great things in the land at that time, and that prophet is Elisha. The Bible goes on to tell us that the servant girl says in verse 3 of Second Kings chapter 5, If only my master would see the prophet who was in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. So Naaman went to his master, and Naaman told him about what the girl had promised, what the girl had said. And then the king Aram of Syria says, by all means go. He does not hinder Naaman in his desire to be cured of this disease. And in fact, he goes and sends a letter to the king of Israel. And things go through, and the king gets this letter, and the king just absolutely is terrified by this letter. He reads it, and he's so scared that he ends up tearing his clothes. And he tears his clothes because he's so afraid that something bad might happen at the time here. Syria and the Israelites were getting along pretty well, which, as we all know through that, the historical context of the Old Testament is not a very common thing for Israel to get along with other nations. And it was sort of a good time, and this idea that maybe if they can't cure Naaman or whatever it was, this fear that the king had, had superseded his faith in God. He had chosen to go with fear and tear his own clothes and be terrified instead of relying on God and the prophet of God, Elisha. And the king says in verse 7, Am I God? Can I kill and bring back to life? Why does this fellow send someone to me to be cured of his leprosy? See how he is trying to pick a quarrel with me. So we see here the first example in this study of a man who chooses to have faith in something else other than God. And this man's faith 
was in his fear. So the servant girl, of course, is the opposite of that. She had faith in God, and that's what gets us to this situation. So, of course, it's, this gets around. The word starts to spread throughout Israel, and then Elisha hears about this situation. And the Bible tells us in verse 8 that Elisha is a man of God, and he's a man of God who has heard what the king of Israel, the king of God's chosen people, had done. And so Elisha then sends the king another message, and he says, Why have you torn your robes? Have the man come to me, and he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. We read in verse 8. So Naaman hears this. The word gets back to Naaman, and Naaman just doesn't go on his own. He was prideful, as we discussed earlier. He was proud of who he was and what he had, so he loaded up all of his horses and his chariots and his men, and they went and they stopped at Elisha's door. And you can imagine Naaman at this point was probably expecting some kind of grand celebration or at least some kind of acknowledgement from Elisha that he had taken all of his horses and his chariots and his people to his front door. But Elisha doesn't really give much thought to that. In fact, Elisha himself does not even go out to talk to Naaman. Instead, he sends a messenger to speak to Naaman for him. Elisha's messenger tells Naaman in verse 10, Go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan, and your flesh will be restored, and you will be cleansed. And the Jordan River is so very important to a biblical scholar, and, and us studying the Bible, we understand. And, of course, the most famous thing that happened in the Jordan River was the baptism of Jesus Christ by John the Baptist. However, the Jordan River itself was actually not the most appealing river to go to. It was a dirty river. It wasn't the most clean. And when Naaman heard this, the Bible says, he goes away angry. And you can imagine that if we were told today, we would hope that we have the faith to go to the Jordan River. We hope we would have the faith to wash ourselves seven times. But here's the second example of a person putting their faith in something else instead of God and God's prophet Elisha. See, Naaman was putting his faith in who he was and what he was able to do. The Bible goes on to tell us in verse 11, that Naaman said, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God, wave his hand over the spot, and cure me of my leprosy. And he goes on to say that there are other rivers here, there are other rivers that are better than the waters of all of Israel. And he was wondering, why can't I be washed in those? And the Bible tells us that sadly, he turned and went off in a rage. And we realize now, as readers of this story, how ridiculous this was for Naaman to do. But at times, we have that same thought process. We want to make the spiritual walk of our life focused on us and what we have done, as opposed to focused on God and what God has done for us in our lives. When we get to the top of the mountain, are we there shouting about how great we are and all we've done, or are we putting the focus on where it is rightfully needs to be put, which is on God? And vice versa, in the valleys of life, we often find ourselves questioning God, don't we? We ask, why are we in this situation? And we may not come out to the point of being sinful and curse God, but we will start to question and beg to wonder why. Why are we in this situation? It was not of our own accord. Why are we here? 
Well, likewise, whenever we succeed, it is not of our own accord either. It is what we are able to do with the blessings we are bestowed by God. All that we have and all that we are, all that we are able to do is because God has blessed us with those means. Naaman was blessed. He had the position and the authority to be able to do this, to be put in this situation. And instead of focusing on the fact that he was standing where he was, thanks to the blessings that he had received in his life, we see that instead he focused on where he was based on how he got there in his own mind. He focused on what Naaman did, which isn't really the case, is it? God blessed Naaman with being in this spot and with Naaman being an example of how God takes care of us today. And so after this happens, Naaman's servants went to him and said, If the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? In verse 13, continuing on, it says, How much more then when he tells you, wash and be cleansed? So they go to Naaman and they're saying, Look, if they were told you, you know, to conquer lands or to climb this mountain or go to this pretty river over here, you would have done it in a heartbeat. You would have done it in an instant. Because you know that would have cured you, but also it would have made you look good on the outside. However, they also say, if you would go do some great thing, why not go do the small thing first? So verse 14 ends our story and it says, So he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times, as the man of God had told him, and his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. So in this story, we see a variety of things that we can look at, we can think about, and we can even apply to our lives today. One thing I think about a lot in this Bible is the fact that God offers us this cleansing power today. However, the cleansing power we are given is so, so much more important. It is so much more powerful and it is such a necessity for us to receive if we want to get to heaven one day. While we cannot have the disease of leprosy washed away by dipping in the water, we can be given salvation through God's plan of salvation and baptism. And if we notice here in the story that Naaman had to be obedient to be cleansed, and we're led to believe here in these verses that if he chose to go to another river and dip seven times, it would not have sufficed. If he chose to do something else, it would not have sufficed. If he went to the Jordan River and dipped six times, we believe it would not have sufficed. For we are told he dipped himself in the Jordan seven times. And upon that seventh time, his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. So firstly, we understand that this offering that God gives us of cleansing that we have today of salvation through baptism, which we discuss so often in our prior podcast, we have to be obedient. We have to do what God tells us to do, not what we might want to do at times. We cannot let what our emotions may tell us is right like Naaman and throw away what God tells us has to be done. Next, we understand that man must have faith in God, not in themselves. And we understand as well that if Naaman continued to revolt against the will of God, then this cleansing would have not taken place. It was upon 
his submission to God. It was upon his faith in God and the man of God being Elisha and what he was told that he was able to have his disease washed away. We think about that word disease too and the fact that you know, leprosy was a death sentence, as we discussed beginning of the podcast today. It had no cure. And likewise today, the sin of our lives has no cure outside the grace, the glory, and the mercy of God in heaven. The sin we have sticks to us like leprosy. It is an eternal death sentence. And if we choose to forego what we are told, if we choose to decide that some way, somehow, we can make our salvation work out on our own without God's will, then we'll be sorely mistaken. God's healing was simple for Naaman. He had to go dip in the Jordan seven times. And today, God can heal us of our sin. But again, it is simple. We must follow what God tells us to do. And you know, we cannot let the vanity of our own thoughts get in the way of doing the will of God. And that's with anything, not just salvation. We also understand that this invitation is for all. This not just for kings or commanders of armies or what have you. The offering we have today of God's plan of salvation is thankfully for everybody. There is no earthly standing that you can have that can make your salvation easier or harder to obtain. It is the same for all people. And we think about this disease, leprosy, again, and how it clings to the body of a person, and we can compare that to our sin. No matter what you do, no matter what you try to cover it up with or what you try to do to get it away without God, there's no way that sin, that clinging sin, can ever leave your body. And just like Naaman and his leprosy, he could claw at it, he could put medicines on it, whatever they had at the time, and he could try to get rid of it. But there was no cure. And also in this story, we see that that the Syrian people expected to have to pay for this healing. And it says that he brought 10 talents of silver, 10,000 shekels of gold, and 10 changes of clothing. He thought he would have to give something to receive the healing from God. And thankfully he didn't. Today is the same way for us. We cannot pay our way for into salvation or into heaven. We cannot pay our way for that healing, that cleansing process to happen. It all comes from God's grace and God's mercy and God's love. We have to have faith in that, though. So we think about this. We think about water and what it does to us today. And we realize that it's not the water itself that has the healing power. It's what God chooses to do through His will with the water. And we see that again in the story of Naaman. And today, people want to focus on the water when it comes to baptism and not what takes place through God's will with the water. If the waters of the Jordan were able to heal leprosy on its own, there would be a lot less lepers in the Bible, wouldn't there? It was not the water of the Jordan. It was what God did with that water. And any time I think about water, I think about what the Bible tells us in 1 Peter chapter 3. I will now read 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 20 through 21. There the Bible says, To those who were disobedient long ago when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built, in it only a few people, eight in all, were saved through water. And this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. Not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a clear conscience toward God. 
So we see here another comparison. We see Noah being saved through water, of course, being saved by being obedient to God, by following what God wants him to do, by building the ark to the right dimensions with the right wood and so forth, and doing the will of God. And because he was faithful and obedient, God blessed him and saved him through water. God healed Naaman through water because he was obedient and he was faithful. And today, God saves us, washes our sins away through baptism and through water. And it goes on to say again, it is not the removal of dirt from the body. It's not the water cleansing us. It's not the water itself. If we go to a baptistry right now or a river or a lake and we, and we are immersed in water without the will of God, the forefront of our minds, it is just water. It is what God chooses to do with water that is so important. And we have to understand that as Christians today. And it's not the removal of dirt, it's that pledge of a clear conscience and continuing on. Let us read the last part of verse 21 and go into verse 22 together. There the Bible says it saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at God's right hand with angels, authorities, and powers in submission to Him. All of this that we read about when it comes to salvation is us understanding God and God's power and God's will. Naaman had to understand God's will above his own. Noah had to understand God's will above the will of Noah. And we see this throughout the Bible whenever when people in the Bible choose to fulfill their own will as opposed to the will of God, bad things happen. Look at Israel throughout the Old Testament. Look at Moses when he hit the rock. Look at Jonah whenever he chose to go against God's will. Look at Saul persecuting the church. Look at Peter denying Jesus. Whenever we focus on the will of God, though, then God takes care of the rest. God's able to do that because He is God and He loves us so dearly. He cares about us so much. And He has prepared a way for us. The same way he prepared a way for Naaman. So today, maybe we have learned something we can apply to make us better Bible scholars. Maybe something to make us better people and better Christians. As we think about this story of Naaman, we can see how we should focus our minds on the will of God and not on our earthly successes, our earthly positioning, or our will in our own life. We must do what God wants us to do receive the gifts that God has promised us. If you have any questions, concerns, or prayer requests, you can always email us at beachhilyouth at gmo.com. That's B-E-E-C-H. I hope this lesson has been productive for your spiritual walk. Hope you have a great week. May God bless you. May God bless your family. And as always, may we strive to live by every word.